This is Gary Wolf, and my guest today is an old friend, Andy Duncan, who normally, about a week or two ago, would have been seeing at ICFA, but we're all at home now. So how are you doing, Andy? Doing fine. It was nice to be posting nostalgic photos from ICFA on social media with all the gang. Mm -hmm. That was good. What we're doing on these 10-minute things are asking everybody the same three questions. So the first question on our list is, what are you reading right now and what do you think of it? What I'm currently reading right now came out when I was one year old. Lenny Bruce's book, How to Talk Dirty and Influence People, which was, uh, I knew nothing about it until I saw it at uh, our independent bookstore uh, here in Frostburg, Maryland on my last physical visit to our independent bookstore and bought it on a whim because I'm interested in Lenny Bruce now. Well, I was always interested in stand-up, but yeah. I'm interested in Lenny Bruce now because we have been, this winter we binge-watched the three seasons of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and, and that's one of my favorite TV series ever, I think. And the book is, the book is very interesting, but as, as with so many things that I read and find interesting, I would, I would temper my recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny was very funny. It's full of sardonic one-liners and, and comic bits that I'm sure came out of his stand-up. And, and, and reading it is not, pieces of it are not unlike reading uh, one of George Carlin's books for that reason. And Bruce is fascinating talking about his deprived poverty childhood and the way he just sort of stumbled into show business like on, on complete happenstance. In his mid in his mid twenties, the book was originally serialized in Playboy magazine. That's what I thought. Um, I thought I I, I know yes, I because I'm I'm older than you are, and I think I remember reading one or two installments of that in Playboy back in what about 1961 or 62 maybe something like 64, 65 or something. Oh. I think Paul Krasner, who died recently of the realist fame, mm. whose career intersected science fiction occasionally. I think he, he helped Bruce edit it, I think. And so it has, as you would expect, it has some of that whiff of, oh, this would have been great stuff around the Playboy Mansion in the mid-60s. Right. <laughs> but now now doesn't exactly come off the same way. He's, uh, it's clear that Lenny is very proud, for example, that he married a sex worker. Yeah. So adamant that the sex worker had to stop her work the moment they got married, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So I'm about two thirds of the way through the book, as was true of his comedy routines too. It sort of dissolves into trans transcripts of his various First Amendment court cases, which is interesting to me as a sort of First Amendment junkie and a journalism professor. But you know, it's not the easiest reading in the world. It might might be a I'm not done with it, but it might be a book better to to dip into than to than to read at a sitting. I imagine some of it seems a little bit dated in terms of gender attitudes and uh, attitudes. Oh, absolutely, yes. That sort of thing. Uh, Because there are some of his routines, I think, that are out there on YouTube. And some some that I remember strike me as being really dark and very contemporary even today. I mean... Oh, they are. Oh, yeah. He would. He's he's very clearly the, the, the watershed comic for... You know, the Richard Pryors, everybody today that is like wants you wants to do commentary and be mm. provocative and so on and so forth. 
So, but, you know, side by side with that, you have the, these things that now seem, you know, retrograde. The excellent writers on Mrs. Maisel have done a very good job giving us a, a very believable Lenny <laughs> and very charismatic and appealing Lenny that focuses on all the all the positives and uh, uh, leaves out some of the other things. Right. There's a there's been a show, a, a stage show here in Chicago, which I've not seen and it's not there anymore now, obviously. Uh, I think its title was I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce. Uh, and I, I gather it's drawn largely from that autobiography you're reading. So, and it may be hard for people to find that autobiography today. So, what would you recommend people read while they're hiding out, hunkered down, shut in, whatever? It came out in in fall of 2019, but I think for its in science fiction anyway, for its subject matter mm-hmm. and its themes, I think the what what's shaping up to be the novel of 2020 is Sarah Pinsker's debut novel, A Song for a New Day, which is a near-future novel entirely about social distancing, (laughs) which in the novel is a result of fears of terrorism and of of mass shootings and that sort of attack, but uh, absolutely maps onto our our present uh, moment in a weirdly prescient way. It's funny because we I, I did one of these chats with Sarah just last week, and and, and, and you, the way you describe it is exactly right. Except there were plagues and there were diseases involved that kept people. Well, alive. that's true. That's true. But the other uh, thing I I mentioned this to her and I'll mention it to you. Just before this whole thing happened, I was back in early February, late January. I was reading reviews of the Whitney Houston hologram tour. And I thought that sounded it looked really creepy uh, and it sounded creepy. And I guess it's not going on now. But one of the things in her novel is that people can't gather for live performances. So this corporation puts holograms of them uh, on stage. And I thought a a lot of that novel is it's not very often that somebody writes a novel that hits the hits the notes so quickly after the novel comes out. I agree. I agree. And part of this is that Sarah, as a lifelong performing musician and singer songwriter, who uh-huh. is still very much tapped into that world, in addition to the uh, the world of live performance, as she is tapped in with the book publishing world and the science fiction world, I think it's not surprising that she was seeing all these trends and and doing the the same extrapolation that she and all her fellow musicians talk about in their chat rooms or until recently in, in bars and backstage and so forth. But it is, right. but it is remarkable. It is remarkable how uh, immediately predictive uh, all her extrapolations seem to be. And, and this gives her no joy, of course. <laughs> well, no, uh, I mean, you don't want things like that to, um, but I think it's also important to stress with her novel that uh, it is it is not an end of the world book per se. It is not a, a downbeat thing. It is about it is about the importance of making connections even despite uh, despite whatever the whatever our anxieties are, whatever societies. Uh, uh, pressures and, and difficulties are. Well, I think you're absolutely right, and that's one of the things that her characters face 
uh, is exactly what we're all facing right now. How do you stay connected? Sure. And how do you meet people and how do you find romance and so on? I wonder if it's which would be worse or better uh, writing a novel like that, which just seems to open a door on history the next day or writing a novel in which the opposite happens. I'm thinking about, oh, I don't know, 20 some years ago, Norman Spinrad published a novel called Russian Spring. Uh, mm-hmm. And it came out just as the Soviet Union collapsed and everything he was talking about and it seemed dated ar- already. Um, I don't know whether it's worse to have something fall apart like that on you or have something that you were afraid it might come true actually start looking like it's coming true. But let's go on to the third question, which is what have you got out in the world or or coming out in the world sometime soon? Well, this summer, uh, I've got a new story coming out in an anthology titled Galactic Stew, (laughs) S-T-E-W, which is all food-related science fiction and fantasy stories. Uh, And this is titled, uh, the story is titled The All-Go-Hungry Hash House. It's another of my Charlie Poole fantasias. Ah. Uh, and, And in this case, they wind up in the proverbial... Uh, boarding house of, of folk music infamy <laughs> and have to and have to fight their way out it's extremely surreal and uh, very uh, very sort of uh, Lewis I was going for a very sort of Lewis Carroll vibe with it but um, uh, so that uh, that's what I would have read from at ICFA and I may do I may do a, an online uh, I may record some, me doing a reading of it and put on YouTube or something. I'm trying to experiment with these with these uh, technologies like mm-hmm. everybody else. But uh, I also want to uh, talk up that uh, one of my honors of the year is being the, the week one instructor for Clarion West 2020 uh, this summer, uh-huh. which now, like everything else, is very much up in the air. Uh, decisions have to be made about uh, at some point um, in the next uh, month or so about how that will take place and and how things might change. And those decisions won't be made by me. No, but in any case, uh, Clarion West has just announced uh, on Sunday the uh, the 18 uh, people who are Clarion West's 2020 cohort, uh, Clarion San Diego, that workshop will soon mm. announce its summer cohort. And I think this year, uh, as with all years, but perhaps uh, even in a heightened register this year, I think the whole field needs to make all these people feel very welcome and embrace them and, and usher them in and support them in every way that we can. Uh, folks can find the whole list of the uh, Clarion West people uh, on the Clarion West uh, website and, and Twitter feed. And uh, and a number of us have already started conversations with them and posting about them. So well, tell me uh, about this. Tell me about so this. I thought this would be a good opportunity to plug them as a group. Yeah, I think it would. One of the, one of the nicest things I did a couple of weeks ago was participate in the um, – the Dell Magazine Awards, which, as you know, would normally have been done at um, um, at ICFA, and uh, with with the assistance of Fran Wild, uh, 
uh, Rick and Rick Wilbur and Sheila Williams managed to get all the finalist students on a on one of these. It wasn't Zoom, but it was one of these platforms where the screen looks exactly like the opening credits for the Brady Bunch. You know, you've got <laughs> 12 squares with people in them. And it was really nice. And as somebody pointed out, it's it's not it doesn't feel satisfactory. But if you're a young, unknown writer and the winner got to read her story, which is a very good story. And you're reading a story. You've got 23 people in the audience. That's about as many as you could expect at most conventions. Oh, absolutely. So, and but and you're absolutely. doing a, you're also doing an online Clarion uh, of some sort. I am good. Good for Clarion West. I mean, they are based in Seattle, which is which until recently was regarded as an epicenter of the pandemic in, right. in the United States, and now we've got multiples. But uh, but um, they uh, uh, I posted about this uh, today that uh, I look back through my email. Things have moved so astonishingly fast uh, uh, on every level in all our lives. Yeah. But I saw that basically these uh, workshops, these online workshops for April that Clarion West proposed were basically collaboratively conceived and assembled and put together in about a week <laughs> of furious emails wow. and and I had and about oh 15 or 16 different writers are teaching various classes they all filled up within 90 minutes of, of going live and I had my first one yesterday. I'm, we're meeting on four consecutive uh-huh. Tuesdays. I had my first one yesterday. And just as you were saying with the Dell Awards online ceremony, no, it wasn't sitting around a conference table or all uh, enjoying one another's physical company in a cafe somewhere. But uh-huh. on the other hand, it, it was it was not nothing either. It was a very it was a very happy 90 minute conversation among uh, 15 or 16 people from all over the United States, from Long Beach, California to New York City, as well as students uh, logging in live from Greece, Australia, the Philippines, England and Canada. Uh, so, uh, we really felt like, uh, we really felt like, uh, like a, uh, a team of, uh, of colleagues, uh, the, the, regardless of borders, regardless of, of cultures. Um, and that was, and, and it was a, a good feeling and Claire and West plans to do some more of these. So, uh, keep, keep watching that space for, for yeah. announcements. We'll do that. Well, we're well over our 10-minute thing, so I want to thank you for being with us. Uh, again, our guest our guest today has been Andy Duncan. I'm Gary Wolf, and 